Greetings, friends. I'm John Haspel. This is a Dhamma talk from Cross River Meditation Center in Frenchtown, New Jersey. If you find benefit from this talk, please support the restoration, the preservation, and the presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace. Uh, just a reminder, uh, because it reminds me, Ryan, I believe, was on our last retreat at Juan uh, Dhamma Center, and we are going to be having our next one uh, June 28th through July 3rd. And uh, please sign up if you want to join us so John can get a feel for the space needed. And uh, again, the time we spend here in uh, our weekly and when we do our local retreats are wonderful, but nothing quite uh, matches what you'll experience in Juan. So please join us. Uh, tonight we're in our third class in our study of the Eightfold Path. Uh, this is quite a short sutta. Uh, Many of them are, so uh, very digestible. This is the Sikha Sutta, and I'll start with some comments from John. The Sikha Sutta teaches that the Eightfold Path is the path that incorporates the three aspects of training. That's what Sikha means, trainings. Necessary for the becoming rightly self-awakened as, as the Buddha instructs. The Eightfold Path is a path directly developing heightened virtue, Heightened concentration and heightened wisdom, and you can each one of those obviously matches up with the Eightfold Path. The pursuit of these three uh, trainings lead to the abandonment of greed, aversion, and delusion. The three defilements. The Buddha's words, friends, there are three trainings that I teach. I teach the training in heightened virtue. I teach the training in heightened concentration. I teach the training in heightened wisdom. And I believe that really the true training starts with when we all decide to seek out what the Buddha was teaching, Episeko. And we come to understand that our past spiritual pursuits and the religions that we grew up with were lacking in one way or the other. And that's Episeko was, in my experience, was the first understanding a right view. It was a very cloudy version of right view, but it's the first time when you decide that what you're experiencing didn't feel right and that you were seeking something else. And the way John has restored these teachings, I was fortunate to experience it because if I had bumped into some other form of Buddhism, I think I just would have moved on to the next thing or not pursued anything and kind of just followed the way I had lived my first 55 years of my life. So, you know, we should all be very thankful that John took that time to restore these teachings. The Buddha continues, 
The training in heightened virtue brings restraint in speech, actions, and livelihood. The Dhamma practitioner remains pure in their behavior at all times. They train themselves following these rules of behavior. Now, I just want to point out that when this sutta was given, it was given to monastics who uh, the rules that they're talking about, hundreds of rules that you know dictated what they wore, when they could wear it, their size of their huts, when they ate, what they ate. Uh, I think in traditions still, in I believe the forest tradition, they still recite monthly like 150 of the rules. So, but for our purposes as uh, you know, householders, uh, the five precepts is what you know we follow as much as you can. But uh, again, if you ever ha have a need for some light reading, uh, seek out reading that, and uh, you, you'll see how intensive it is. The vinayas, yeah. the vinayas and uh, and again. Like any large group of people trying to get along in a community, there's rules that are needed, and uh, again, it's uh, it's quite a read. The nice thing about reading it is that it always is followed by how these this particular rule came about, yes. and that's always interesting reading yeah. to see. And, and it and it, it just shows you the the human mind at work. Yep, and it, it it's an indication that. You know, it's all revolves around craving. You know that even if a monastic has given up everything, that one robe is ratty. He craves another. If food is denied, he he craves the food. So, it's it's the same teachings for the monastics as it is a householder. It's not a. It's everything's relative. When you talk about dependent origination, as Matt said, it's the condition. It's not, you know, you can't put it on a scale. The training in heightened concentration, jhana, developed the, develops the concentration necessary to support refined mindfulness. This Dhamma practitioner remains secluded from sensory indulgences and unskillful mental qualities. They enter and remain in the first jhana, characterized by rapture and pleasure, born of seclusion, and accompanied by direct thought and evaluation. As concentration deepens, they enter and remain in the second jhana, focused thoughts and insights still. The light and pleasure born of composure and inner assurance arise. John often describes that as the second jhana as profound calm. As concentration deepens, they enter and remain in the third jhana. The light and pleasure and perception of pleasure and pain disappear. Equanimity and refined mindfulness increase, and a peaceful mind prevails. <clears throat> As concentration deepens further, they enter and remain in the fourth jhana. Mindful equanimity prevails. Greed and aversion disappear. This is the, the development of concentration that brings peace and calm here and now. And of course, that's a direct, uh, that's what awakening is. The training in heightened wisdom brings the end of greed and aversion and deluded thinking. 
Through the ending of these defilements, the wise Dhamma practitioner remains in the defilement free release from ignorance. The wise Dhamma practitioner has established profound wisdom, fully mindful moment by moment as life occurs. This is called heightened wisdom. And that can be best summarized by the Four Noble Truths. These are the three trainings of my Dhamma. The training in heightened virtue, concentration and wisdom establish persistence, <coughs> steadfastness, absorption in jhana, refined mindfulness, and wise restraint. These three trainings should be practiced consistently and in all situations with unlimited concentration. These are the three trainings that bring pure understanding. Develop these three trainings and you will be called a rightly self-awakened one who has completed the path. That's the end of the sutta. Thank you. And just to paraphrase the Buddha from another sutta, keep this in mind. One who cultivates these trainings in part succeeds in part. One who cultivates fully reaches fulfillment. So right effort is seen in here. And as you, you know, see these uh, list of things that you'll attain in, in characteristics, persistence, steadfastness, those are things that reflect your right effort. And wise restraint, you know, Laura and I were talking about how uh, well Kevin often speaks about wise restraint at this at the sixth sense base and uh and absorption in jhana and refined mindfulness those two things are really makes this practice possible this is the practice there is no uh wiser restraint without mindfulness there there can be uh, a knee-jerk reaction the need to be good but without true refined mindfulness, uh, it can't be sustained. One thing I always think about with the word episico, we always think of it as our introduction to this practice, but I see it as something that each day I have an opportunity as my mindfulness becomes more refined as my concentration deepens it can really then confront some of the things that I see when I meditate and then off the cushion without that mindfulness I wouldn't see some of the things that I'm craving in the ill will that I show the subtle levels that you'll be able to see the things that in the past, you might have just kind of been deluded to. And Epicycle to me now means that each day I have an opportunity to, to experience it and be aware of it. And Michael explained it Saturday, that, that his understanding of when things arise, that's, that was his mindfulness. And I think we had a great discussion about that last uh, Tuesday. But that's, that's that 
mindfulness at work, that when you're able to see things arise and pass away, to see that ill will and the other hindrances arise and pass away, and not be judgmental, <coughs> and to be able to be to the point where you're able to abandon it. And that's what I experience with my practice today versus when I first started. You know, the time put in is truly training. You know, when the, the Buddha is saying, calls this training, it, it, it truly is training you to be able to be able to abandon these unskillful and unwholesome thoughts, words, and deeds. So uh, that that effort is pointed toward, toward something very specific, your liberation from greed, aversion, and deluded thinking. So uh, keep that in mind when, you know, the Buddha brought these teachings out of compassion for us, but he also understood that for most of us, this is a very gradual practice. Not everyone is a Sariputta Moglana. You know, for most of us, it, this is a very s slow and gradual understanding that being householders, we're subject to so much outside influences and, you know, there's war, there's pandemics, there's a traffic stop, there's a child crying. It's all the same. And as householders, we need, need to doubly be aware of it. When you're in a forest monastery, a lot of that's taken away. We as householders, we, we have to be persistent. We have to have that right effort at all times. So when he talks about training, that's how I took it, that this is truly a training to change the way I approach my, my twice a day sits, that I truly put in that right effort to see how my mind is seeing things as things arise and pass away. So uh, that's all I have to say tonight, but you know, take these trainings seriously. The, the Buddhist is telling you, don't, don't let yourself slack in your, your practice. Because again, if you cultivate, cultivate these trainings in part, that's what you'll get only partly satisfaction but there will always be that craving. One who cultivates fully reaches fulfillment. So, thank you. Why don't we go to... Jeff, Jeff, you're online first. Good evening, everybody. Um, as usual, each of these lines has a lot of subtle nuances in it, but taken as a whole, not to oversimplify it, but this felt like kind of a uh, 
kind of the basic blocking and tackling of the Dharma. Like it, you know, when you say training, I think of of instructions that you would that would establish a base and a routine that if you mastered the rest then is layered on top of that and it's a foundation. So I think in terms of um, the, the things that the, the very heart of the Dharma and its practices here. And and I think I think the instruction to me means that if nothing else, you, these are the things you you could focus and concentrate on as the core elements. That is all true. That I mean, it's it's reflective of the eightfold path, and you know, this practice should be engaged joyfully and persistently. And it is the foundation. Uh, and next Saturday, I believe, it gets into much more detail uh, in the next sutta. So uh, you're correct, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, Brian, how are you tonight? Good, David. How are you? Good. Thank you for this. Um, the, the line about the dangers of the slightest deviations, I guess, is really resonating. And I feel like I've developed enough wise restraint now to, to recognize those. Um, and it just, you're right, it just continues to get more and more subtle as I, as I progress through this training. Um, and feel like, you know, the, the gross challenges I've, I've overcome and now down to these very subtle cravings, clingings that are, I, I don't have a, a source for them. That mm. they're so deeply psychologically rooted that I, God knows where I developed them at this point. It doesn't really matter. But, um, and then all I can do is just, a, I, I can't overanalyze it. I just recognize it, abandon it and come back and move on, come back and move on. So um, Jeff's right, it is It is the blocking and tackling. That's what this is all about. So thank you. Dan, it's the refined mindfulness allows you to see those subtle and deeply buried. You know, so often people come to this practice to fix something, you know, bad habits or things they've done in the past, but they can't possibly address the subtle cravings. And that's what this practice really is training you to do. It's training you to be able to see that arise when you're meditating and off your cushion. It, it truly is a, a, a tool for, for life. And uh, yeah, you're correct. Thank you. Ryan, how are you? You've been missed? Yes, good to, good to see everybody. It's been a while. Yeah, we, have a new, um, I don't, we do a new thing yeah. now. Here, right. uh, oh, sure. Yeah, who else is there? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> okay, nice. Um, good to see everybody. 
I I don't have anything to contribute uh, tonight, but uh, but yeah, uh, but thanks thanks for the uh, discussion. Thanks, Ryan. My friend Jane, how are you tonight? I'm well, thank you. Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly about right effort. Um, this our practice requires pretty much, I mean, continuous mindfulness, and and the rewards are are there. I mean, the more you practice, as in anything, the the better it becomes, and um, I definitely see the benefits of putting in the effort. Thank you, Jane. <clears throat> Nina, how are you tonight? Hi, everyone. I'm good. Um, I had, it's kind of a, pers a personal story, but I'll just go for it. I had this like amazing experience to practice the Dhamma the last few days. I, on Friday around 4.55 p.m., my boss pulled me aside and laid me off from one of my positions at work. Um, and today I had to train the person who was replacing me. <laughs> so it was like this like salt on a wound feeling is how it felt at first. But um, I really put some of this like wise restraint and definitely the ill will part of it aside. And I was really able to use some of the practices that we do talk about in class to get through today. Um, and it previously would have really bothered me and I probably would have made this girl's life like a lot more difficult <laughs> than it would have had to be. But, um, the restraint I could find and just the, the grace I found within myself to deal with that situation was really amazing. It was astounding. It was tough, but I did it. <laughs> well, that, that's the practice in the real world and working exactly the way it's supposed to work. Thank you for sharing that, Nina. Yeah, sure. Teacher Kevin, good evening. David, hey everybody. Um, I don't have anything to add, but really nice to hear everybody's discussion and uh, you know, thank you for sort of thoroughly recapping this part, David. Um, you know, brings it sort of back to the rightly self-awakened part of this practice and, and these trainings are something that we have to become acquainted with in our own sort of, uh, you know, right effort, as you said. So thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Devlin, good evening. I think we got everyone. Uh, why don't we go to our friend Brett. Hello, everybody. <laughs> um, thanks for your teaching, David. Good to, good to see you up there. Um, uh, so much of, I think, you know, wise restraint for what kind of come, can come out of your mouth sometimes. As, you know, I didn't hear so much about right speech, but I think being mindful of that, I realize, uh, helps me a lot. And just what you're saying and... Um, how you're conducting yourself it's in the continuum of, uh, of things it can just reduce a lot of uh, 
that you know, it's a chain reaction that comes out of your mouth. The escalation. The escalation, <laughs> and uh, it's being mindful of that. Oh, do I go here? Oh, do I do I do I let this one go? Uh, well, where's it going to take me? What's the point of it? And uh, so I think you know, looking at that, I think <clears throat> was very particular before about right speech and kind of let things slide. I'm still pretty good about it, but I think you know, yes. Where does it go after you let it, you know, let it go? So, just to focus on that, be mindful of right speech. I think is good for me. So, good to be here. It's good for everybody. Yeah, good for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Or, good. Thanks, David, for teaching. I. Um, Thank you for the clarity and your explanation of this because it's helping me realize that like, these trainings aren't something that I'm supposed to be like grasping after, like even sometimes within, you know, as we go along and as someone who's new to this, you know, you can get caught up in kind of grasping after concepts and studying them, but it kind of reminded me of I think you've talked about it before, John, probably in the past, about this kind of imagery of like the flame that I'm putting out, and that kind of helps me realize it's like I'm extinguishing this flame of like grasping after, or craving, clinging, you know, um, and that leads to the dispassion, the liberation, like you're talking about, mm -hmm. and the, um, you know, that's through wise restraint. And then you become, you, you have more clarity, so. And you can't have clarity without that mindfulness. Refined mindfulness. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, a, a gift that I don't take lightly ever. And again, the, the bon, nirvana means to extinguish. <clears throat> oh, that's right. Snuffing yeah. out the candle. Right. Yeah, you know, the flames of the flames of passion. The, right. The flames of our senses when we come into contact. Right. And you know that feeling of either pleasant or unpleasant or that ambiguity that we feel. So that's uh, that's the practice right there. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Good evening, Michael. Hi, David. Uh, good teaching. I liked it very much. Thank you for your uh, insight on it. Um, some time ago, uh, uh, you and I had a, a slight, you know, a short co correspondence. You had actually sent me an email, and um, I think you ended it with, the Dhamma meets, meets you where you are. Mm, I must have stole that from Mary. <laughs> well, good thievery. <laughs> but actually, um, uh, I remember that moment, and uh, you know, John says it, you know, different times in class. But what are, you know, what are, what does it really mean? And Dhamma meets you where you are. It's like, okay, I can, however life unfolds before me, how it occurs before me. I have two choices. I can immerse myself in a dhamma as it's meeting me where I am, it's calling to me, or else I can immerse myself in ignorance. So in that moment, is the, the focus is on, you know, recognition and wise restraint and what I'm going to do in that particular mm -hmm. moment. Every moment is like that. So um, 
which is philosophical. So as we're going through this human experience, okay, and that's what that's what we are all are doing. This is an experience we're experiencing. Um, it's important to recognize in each moment that we should uh, we should um, respond from from our, our skillful lessons that we have learned. So that's what I try to do. I try to slow down slow down life a little bit. And a lot of times, uh, my thoughts initially are they proper for that moment? No, they're not. So. I use that wise restraint and seek that that right answer and settle there. So that's just basically what I got out of here. And thanks again for you. Thank you, Michael. Mm -hmm. Hello. Hello. Um, thank you, David, for the teaching. Um, I'm just going to take noble silence today. Oh, sure. Thank you. Ram, for you tonight. Good evening. Um, yeah, this this uh, constant exhortation from the Buddha to <clears throat> um, look at the slightest deviation um, <clears throat> let him not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove it sounds like a really um, grim discipline um, but it's just as you said. It's it's it it tells you to to look at the subtle things, the, the the small things that you do in ordinary life that you just want to let slide. Uh, you know, a little gossip. Yeah, you know. Well, you know, it's such a great story, so why not tell it? Um, you know, a little white lie. You know, gosh, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. But it's in, you know, once you get past the big stuff, you know, which is easy to find because it, it, you know, once you get into the Eightfold Path, it hits you right in the face. Uh, so there, they may be a struggle to give up, but, but you can see them. It's, and it's the little stuff that you, you where you see yourself wanting to, wanting to let it slide. He's just telling us, no, no, you know, this is where you, you're going to be paying attention. This is where, where the, 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 the fine currents are flowing, and you have to extinguish those as well. That's, that's your final, your final into the bond. So, we, we spend our days, you know, watching for the little things. Very gently. And it allows us to, to see those subtle, mm -hmm. yes. deep things. Once, once the concentration is, is established and once mindfulness has settled, uh, we, can, we can see them. Sometimes you may first see them in other people, but that should be, that should be a little exhortation to go watch for it in yourself, because mm -hmm. it's always there. It is. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. Matt. Good evening. Hey, everybody. Um, really love these short little suttas, these, 
quick suttas, the, the simple suttas, but they're always the ones that have the, the really foundational core stuff in them. You know, I, I like what you said, Ram, you know, in that the Buddha's invitation to, to come and see for yourself. You know, when we look into our own lives, what do we see? When we look into our own thoughts, when we look into our own actions, when we look into our own deeds, what do we see? You know, well, these three trainings are there to frame what we see. And they're not called the three musings, they're not called the three imaginations, they're not called the three wishes, they're not, it's affirmations. three affirmations, it's not called the three journaling techniques. This, this is come and see for yourself. This is look into your own life now where you are and take up these trainings. Take up these trainings in, in, in heightened virtue. Take up the training of heightened wisdom. Take up the training of heightened concentration. And if you, with persistence and dedication and not turning away from what you see in your own thoughts, words, mm -hmm. and actions, then you'll penetrate the Dhamma. You'll have, you'll have the, you'll develop the understanding of a Buddha. Um, so it's just, it's just wonderful. These, these small teachings, these small suttas. Are, um, that John has restored. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else from anyone? Conclude as always with Meta. So find your relaxed med meditation posture. This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and one who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud or demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove. May all beings be at ease, whatever li living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seen or the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another or despise another being in any state. Let none, through anger or ill will, wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness all over the world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outward and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will, whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. By not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, 
being freed from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. And again, please sign up for the retreat. We'd love to see you there. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you, David. Bye, Jane. Thank I'll you, see you at retreat. Good night, all. Bye-bye. Bye, Ryan. Thank you for listening. I rely on donations to support the continued restoration, preservation, and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma. If you find benefit here, please consider a donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace.